Hey friends, welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. I'm Emily Lavender, and I'm excited to have Scott and Dawn with me again today to share with you session two from their series called Train Your Mouth for Marriage. If you missed session one, you can find that on our website and catch up real quick. Um, Just go to forevermarriage.org and then click on the resources tab and it will drop down and then you can click on podcast and find it from there. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in today. Scott and Dawn, I'm going to turn it over to you guys now to share session two with us. Thanks, Emily. Mm -hmm. Well, we covered in our first session um, passages out of James that really speaks about um, the power of the tongue, how how really small but, but mighty the tongue is and the power of our words and um so today we're going to talk about something a, li- a little more different a little different um in that <coughs> we're really going to talk about uh what's on the inside of us mm-hmm. and how that really affects our words mm-hmm. when we lived in uh, fort worth texas uh, we moved out there for seminary we were part of a great church wedgwood baptist church and and our pastor Al Meredith um, did a great job of just dropping little sound bites of wisdom, and mm-hmm. I, I, my Bible's probably is so full <laughs> of, of some of his notes. But one of the things that he would say often is, "What's down in the well comes up in the bucket." Yeah, and um, and so we've kind of found that to be true as well in terms of the things that we say. It's really a a reflection of something that's a little bit deeper within us. Mm. Yeah, the psalmist puts it this way in Psalm one forty one verse three. He says. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. It's almost as if he is he is requesting, Lord, I have an inability to control the things that come out of my mouth. And apart from you, I am not going to be able to do it. Yeah. You're going to have to empower me to guard my mouth, to watch the things that come out of my lips. As Dawn says, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Jesus said it this way, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Mm -hmm. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's Luke 6.45. So if you're listening today, as we get started, I want to ask you this simple question, just to think on for a moment. This week or in the past several days, generally speaking, were you careful with your words or were you careless with your words? This week, generally speaking, were you careful with your words or were you careless with your words? The Bible cautions us to be very careful with our words. Mm, specifically, <clears throat> Jesus himself really talks about, um, uh, gives us a good illustration of the power of, of our words and how it has spiritual ramifications for us. And so today we're going to kind of look at um, um, a moment in the in Jesus's life where he really addresses uh, the words that are being used in that in that situation. In Matthew chapter twelve, the um, the um, a demon possessed man was brought to Jesus. He was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him um, so that he could both talk and see. But the Pharisees. Um, heard about this and they attributed that work to the devil Mm. they attributed that work to the devil Mm -hmm. and Jesus had some really strong words in in verses 30 and following and he said he who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me 
scatters. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So Jesus is saying, look, you, you know, the, the, the one sin that you can commit that you will not, you will not be forgiven of mm-hmm. in this age or the next is one that you commit with your mouth. Yeah. Um, an attribute, an attributing of the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil, blasphemy, slandering the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's a very strong message to mm-hmm. us about the power and the carefulness of our words. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to, to, to share verses that we're very uh, familiar with. Um, in verse 33, make a tree good and its fruit will be good or a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So for in for in this context, Jesus is really saying um, your words are are an indication of what is in your heart. Mm-hmm. They the words that you say, how you say them, the tone in, wh- in which you say them, the words that you should say, but you don't say them mm-hmm. are an indication of your heart. What's going on deep inside? Um, Proverbs 423 says above all else. Guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. So in principle, that means that whatever is in your heart will not stay in your heart. It will come out, just like we talked about with the rudder, as powerful influence over mm-hmm. what we say. Mm-hmm. Um, so if inside of our heart it are um, what Scott and I calls thinking, thinking, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. what's inside of our heart are false and distorted beliefs, mm-hmm. If what is inside of our heart um, wounds from our past <clears throat> that we've experienced in life, if that is the predominant or prevailing um, content content of our heart, then what is going to come out of that is going to be it, first of all, it'll be sh- it'll show up in our in our words. Right. However, God's word in Psalm fifty one six says, "Surely you desire truth." in our inmost part Mm -hmm. wisdom in the very deep places of us because when our stinking thinking and our faults and distorted beliefs are aligned with the truths of god's word and when we allow the christ when we allow god's word to heal the wounds that are in our hearts then uh, that comes out as powerful influence over the words we say that that is what produces life-giving words we get to see the fruit of that are the life-giving words mm-hmm. that build that culture of life and respect and honor in our home. Where on the flip side, if we're just going with the stinking thinking, our false and distorted beliefs and our wounds, then what comes out of us will be the death-dealing words, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That creates that culture in our home of disrespect, of dishonor, um, that don't inspire any of us as married couples to want to stay in it, mm-hmm. right? Um, marriage is hard enough as it is for our, the culture of our home to be a destructive one. Right. So um, Jesus is saying, look, let's take a look at what is inside of us to, to measure the heart. 
uh, Proverbs 18, 6 and 7 say, A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Yeah. You know, Donna, as you were talking, <clears throat> I was thinking, and you, and you were going through the stinking thinking that often can be in our hearts uh, through false and distorted beliefs, through... Uh, wounds, may it, a father wound, a mother wound, or some type of traumatic wound. And you, you said it shapes the things that come out of our mouth. The things that are in our heart are shaped by the things, or the things that come out of our mouth are shaped by the things that are in our heart. What we're basically saying, the title of this podcast is what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. But as you were talking about that, Dawn, I was, I was thinking what's down in the well in our hearts whether it's a false or distorted belief a stinking thinking or a wound it not only shapes the things that come out of our mouth it shapes the things that we hear from the mouths of others that's right if, does that's that make sense absolutely yeah. true mm -hmm. uh, because you know there have been things we've talked about it in our own marriage that you have said to me and it was not your the intent of your heart but but cause of what was in my heart stinking thinking distorted beliefs that were false wounds from my past it shaped the way that i heard the things that came out of your mouth mm -hmm. so just want to encourage you as you're listening to be thinking not just what's in your heart and how it shapes what comes out of your mouth but what's in your heart and how it shapes what you hear from those who know and love you best. Mm -hmm. Let me put it this way. James says it this way. James 1, 19 and 20. He says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So let me connect these two ideas for you. What's in our heart, if it's a stinking thinking, a false or distorted belief or a wound, often it, it has created a, an unresolved hurt within us. And that hurt, what we have learned in our years of working with couples is that hurt that is left unresolved eventually moves into anger. And so let me put it into context. If you're listening, it would not surprise me that if you have been in a recent argument with your spouse, things that were said from your spouse maybe inflame some anger in you. If you did, tr if you really thought through what made me angry, it wouldn't surprise me if some of the things that you were angry about were not necessarily related to your spouse. Right. It might be more related to unresolved personal and spiritual conflicts from your past. And so we have to think through this. We talked in the last session, as Emily said, if you've not listened to uh, the first session on uh, training your mouth for marriage, I encourage you to go back because we taught in there how to think before we speak. But I would also, you could almost use that acrostic in the same way to think before you think. Hmm. Think before you speak. Think as you're hearing what your spouse says. Say what you hear your spouse saying to you. Think about it. Because if we're not thinking, we're going to do the opposite of what James is saying there. James says, if you want to think of it in the formula, Emily, of healthy communication, healthy communication looks like this. Quick listening, 
plus slow speaking plus slow to anger equals healthy communication. Now, conversely, where we deal with couples all the time in broken down communication, unhealthy communication, it tends to be the inversion of that. It's slow to listen, it's quick to speak, and it's quick to anger. So if if you're listening, and if I just ask you, in a recent conversation with your spouse, were you slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to anger? Let me just ask you this. How did it go? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident it did not go well. Right. If it went well with you being slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to anger, go on our website, forevermarriage.org, and write us your testimony of how you did it wrong, but it still (laughs) ended well. I don't anticipate we'll hear from you. Mm -hmm. So... Think about that as you're thinking about trying to tame your tongue, train your tongue for marriage. Long before our words go wrong, our hearts are the place in which they fester and brew. If we really want to control our tongues, knowing what to say, when to say it, and when to say nothing at all, we need to drill down deeper. So I want to give you some things, some who, what, when, where, why, and how on just how to speak. If we're thinking about specifically in the context of marriage, how are we going to go about this? So let's just, just this is English 101. When we, we wrote for literature, all those kind of things years ago, when we were writing a good story, we had to go through the who, what, when, where, why and how. So here's some questions I want to challenge you to think about. When you're talking to your spouse, ask yourself, who am I talking to? Obviously, it's not just your spouse. If you're believers, if you're both believers, here's what's true. Remind yourself, I am speaking to a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. This person is a son and or a daughter of the king. So this is not just my spouse. It's just some lackadaisical kind of person. This person is an image bearer. If they're a believer in Jesus Christ, they're an image. Well, they're an image bearer of Jesus Christ either way. (laughs) Yeah. Right. An image bearer of, well, yes. But even all humanity are image bearers of of a holy God. Mm -hmm. And we live in a culture where that does not matter. You know, people now feel the freedom to say what they want to say in any manner that they want to say it. Um, on uh, on social media, um, and so there's not a regard for people mm-hmm. in general as an image bearer of a holy God. That in and of itself is worthy of our respect and yes. our and our discipline of our tongue and measured how we actually communicate to the masses. We just don't live in that culture right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just put it in a cultural context, not just in marriage. I don't care what side of the political spectrum, the theological spectrum you're on, whether you lean left, you lean right, you're in the center, it doesn't matter. The people that you're dialoguing with, especially on social media or platforms that get highly toxic at time, if you can just remind yourself, this person that I'm interacting with is an image bearer of the king. They may not be a child of the king, but they're at least a creation of the king, and they still bear in his image. And if we can just think that to their, that point, it gives a sense of dignity mm-hmm. to this person that we're speaking to. So that's the who. What is the what? 
you have to ask yourself in in conversation, especially conversation that may tend to get inflamed, what is the issue? Years ago, in the early years, Dawn and I have now been married for 31 years. Years ago, she helped me to understand about herself, and just often in communication, she said to me, Honey, often the issue is not the issue. Can you explain that a little bit, Dawn? Mm, I, I think that this came from just early years of not really knowing how to communicate as a young wife or whatever, you know, like um, you would come in from work or whatever, and the kids, uh, and, uh, and, you know, maybe I dropped a dish in the sink or something, mm-hmm. and I lost my mind, mm-hmm. dropped my marbles, <laughs> you know, just slamming doors, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yelling loudly. I mean, the reaction was mm-hmm. much bigger than that's than right. the mm-hmm. trigger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then that's that's the automatic uh, sign to us that there's there's something deeper going yeah. on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and, I, and and you would come in the kitchen. What's the matter? And my answer is. Nothing, Nothing. Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and you know, it, it it just the that's just a normal pattern, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, uh, what I had to learn was that I needed to identify what my issues mm-hmm. are to be able to say, "Am I mad? Am I sad? Am I afraid? Am I overwhelmed?" Mm-hmm. To be able to get down to what the real issue is so that's what i mean by the it scott thinks the broken dish is the issue that's not wasn't the issue Mm -hmm. in the in the moment but i maybe i'd had a hard day the kids were rowdy i you know the trash hadn't been taken out and i you know and i felt disrespected i felt uncared for usually those are the things that provoke that big reaction you know what i mean Emily? yeah i know what you mean (laughs) that's right So we've asked the who, who, who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to a child of God. If, this, if, if your partner or this person is, is, is redeemed by Jesus Christ, what is the issue? What is the what? And then we get into the when. Simply ask yourself this. When is a good time for us to approach this subject? Listen, in the early years of our marriage, I, I was a, a nighttime person. The older I get, the more I want to go to bed early. But I could stay up late at night, and I'm a literalist at times when I read Scripture. I would read passages out of Ephesians that says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And so there, there would be times at 10, 11 o'clock at night, we'd be laying in bed, and I'd be tapping Dawn on the shoulder and saying, <laughs> hey, girl, hey, girl, are you, are you asleep? Because yes, I, 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 <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. But but the issue for me, Emily, was I there's an issue that we need to bring resolution to. Mm-hmm. And I could not go to sleep. I'm like this. We're not being biblical. We can't let the sun go down on our anger. But Don, so I would quote that and Don would quote a passage out of Psalms that says this weeping may last for the night but joy comes in <laughs> the morning right. I'm right, going brother. to sleep I'm going to stand on that one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we have to ask ourselves is this a good time if this is not the good time a good time when might it be so Don might say honey I I can't talk about it tonight but I promise tomorrow at lunch or tomorrow after we get the kids off to school we will Neil Anderson really helped me in this, Emily, when he said years ago, Scripture commands us not to let the sun go down on our anger, but it never commands us to let, not let it go down on our problem. Mm, yeah. And so there, may, there have been literally times in our marriage where I've kissed Dawn, she's hugged me, I've said to her, I love you, she says, I love you too, honey, 
we're committed to make this thing work out. We're committed to resolve this issue, but it's obvious we're not going to get it resolved tonight. Mm -hmm. And so we're committed to resolving the issue, but just letting the sun go down on our problem, but just not Mm -hmm. on our anger. Right. And so we have to ask that. Is this a good time? Is right now the right time? Here's the thing that Dawn has learned from me, Emily, um, being a man I I have learned, I learned through Celebrate Recovery, they have an acrostic called HALT, uh, H-A-L-T. And I took that acrostic years ago um, when I was reading through some of their material. And I thought, what what are the things, the issues that tend to be triggers for me? And this may be true for some listening, but this, if not, figure out what your triggers are. But for me triggers when I was not going to be receptive, when a good time for me not to hear something from Dawn, maybe a criticism or a constructive critique of me or whatever, an issue, was this, H-O-T-S. The first one is, am I hungry? (laughs) (laughs) There have literally been times where we've been in the office, we've been working with a couple, and I could feel my blood sugar level dropping. I was just starting to get what we call hangry. Uh, I could, yes. um, I feel like I'm about to bite somebody's mm-hmm. head off. Yeah. And so Dawn has learned if she wants to have a good conversation with me, get my stomach full before she tries to fill my head with, with anything. Mm-hmm. And that really works. She alluded earlier, so that's the H for me. The O for me is overwhelmed. Dawn alluded to this earlier. I can generally tell you, for you and Benji, for me and Dawn and most any couple listening, if one or both partners are in a state of feeling overwhelmed with business, with work, with ministry, with kids, with finances, in that moment of feeling overwhelmed, that's generally not going to be a good time to approach a subject because there's so much going on emotionally there. We've learned too, over uh, hungry, overwhelmed for me, if I'm tired, Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm tired mentally, if I'm tired physically, Sundays and Wednesdays are, are big days for us here at the church. And so we pour ourselves out into people and we can come home late at night and we are both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually drained. Mm-hmm. That does not tend to lend yeah. itself for us to have any discussions of any depth because it's just not going to go well for us. So hungry, overwhelmed, tired. For me, it's sexually deprived. Now, I'm not saying that Dawn does not meet my needs, but I'm just saying there have been times when I perceptively felt that my needs were not being met and I would become an, like an angry elf from the South Pole kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so Dawn, has, has there, she has lovingly said to me, Emily, at times, honey, we need to be together. Mm-hmm. And all she's saying is, I can tell you're getting a little frustrated. You're getting a little agitated. We need to connect so that you can be more receptive to hear things from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think all of these things are it are issues that we can address and we can minimize. We have the power to help each other out in this way, whether it's 
to have a good meal together, or whether it's to help close each other's, you know, like windows. If mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, there's too many applications running on the computer, you know, mm-hmm. what can I do to help you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, get getting some rest or just being together intimately yeah. restores to us um, that deep connection mm-hmm. that we are meant for. Um, it, it provides for us a spiritual connection as well. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that we absolutely have the power to help each other in in order to pave the way for better and deeper communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've looked at the who. We've looked at the what. What is the issue? We've looked at the when. When is a good time? Let's look at the where. Where is, is this the right place? Um, I, I would just simply say to you this. If there are children present, if there are little ears present, that may not be the right place to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times, Emily, over the course, our kids are older now. They're 30, 27, 24. But back in the day, if there were things that we needed to talk about that were in-depth, they were intimate, they were very personal, we didn't talk about mm-hmm. it in front of the kids because we just didn't want them to see. Now, we would have we did have some conflict in front of them because we wanted to model that conflict is not bad. Conflict is inevitable. Conflict, if attempted to be resolved well, can be good for you. And so we did do some of that. But just asking yourself, is this the right place? Are there children present? Are there little ears? Are people not relevant to the issue listening? Mm -hmm. You know, one thing, this is a pet peeve of mine. Where we live in North Georgia is a pretty tight-knit community, and people often have close family members, mothers, fathers, sisters, and this is a pet peeve. I'm going to just get on my soapbox for just a brief moment. Let me just say, sometimes if you and your spouse are having issues, it is not the wisest thing to bring family members into the mix of that and don't hear me say that i'm telling you to hide your stuff i'm just saying bring someone upstream from you someone who's wise who loves you who loves your spouse who loves jesus loves your marriage but is not necessarily a family member Mm -hmm. your mom your dad your sister your brother is probably not always i'm not saying always but most often it's not the wise they're not the wisest person to bring in the mix because it just muddies the water of the relationship so it, it, is that a person that you really shouldn't be bringing in? Finally, with the where, don't put your issues out on social media. Yeah. That is just so unwise to throw your partner under the bus on social media. That's just not the place to do it. No. So we've talked about the who. We've talked about the what. We've talked about the when, the where. And then let's get into the why. Why do I want to discuss this? What is, what, what is my motivation? Uh, what what is going on within me? Solomon puts it this way in Proverbs sixteen two. He says, "All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives." So just simply ask yourself, why do I want to discuss this? Am I trying to get a leg up on my spouse? Am I trying to prove that they're right and I'm wrong? Or or you wouldn't do that. I said it backwards. I'm trying to prove that they're right, they're wrong, and I'm right. I'll just say this to you. 
If you're trying to say prove that you're right and they're wrong, you're going. That's not good for the relationship. If you're going to win and they're going to lose, the relationship is still going to lose. Mm-hmm. You want to work towards a win-win solution. And then finally, what is the how? How do I best discuss the issue to ensure my partner hears and understands me? I share what I'm thinking or feeling, what I'm, I'm dealing with with Dawn. I get feedback from her. She might say, so what I think I hear you're saying, Scott, is this. And I might clarify it. I've shared with her. I get feedback from her. And then I clarify what she has given me feedback to ensure. I'm, think of it as I'm trying to throw a football from her. I'm the quarterback and she's the receiver. I'm trying to throw it in such a way that she can receive it clearly, okay? <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't know any better way to, mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just laughing because I'm <laughs> – one, I have terrible aim, and two, I'm an external processor. So sometimes when I lob that football over, it just You're completely. throwing basketballs, baseballs, golf balls. Yeah. You're throwing all of it at the same time. That's right. Yeah. That's what our verbal processors do. I'm uh-huh. just going to throw it all. But the goal is, let's, we're gonna, you know, we're going to play with one ball at the time. And it takes some effort to, to get it there. So I think that that is also an important place for our upstream people to be a part of our mm-hmm. process as well. Yeah. To help us verbal processors be able to get it down into simple language to squeeze a lot of the emotion out to get things sorted out Mm -hmm. so that we can communicate more effectively with our spouse which is a lot of prep work before that conversation happens that's right I mean we can show discipline and not speak in anger you know we can be quiet but if if we suppress that and allow bitterness or whatever to fester and then don't actually deal with the problem Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. then that makes for an unsuccessful conversation as well so there's a lot of hard work that has to be done before that's right Yep. So as we conclude this um, this session, let's let's just end here. Our words are never accidental. They are first formed in our ma- in our minds. They're filtered to our hearts and then given permission to come out of our lips. Let me say that one more time. Our words are never accidental. They are first formed in our minds. They're filtered to our hearts and then given permission to come out of our lips. What's down in the well is going to come up in the bucket. As Dawn said earlier, Proverbs 4.23 says it this way, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the issues of life. It really is our prayer for ourselves as we think through this because we're locked into this too we're not Mm -hmm. we're not exceptions to this rule we really do have to be diligent to work at it Um, is Proverbs 19 14 is asking God may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight O Lord my rock and my redeemer this link between what we are meditating on in our hearts and the things that we say you know, really asking the Lord, especially if you're trying to change a culture in your house, mm-hmm. if you're trying to change a culture from one of dishonor to one of honor, this really becomes a daily prayer to be able to say, Lord, today, mm-hmm. may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, yeah. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. And this is a prayer that the Lord answers and mm-hmm. gets behind. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm just so thankful as a believer for the Holy Spirit <laughs> and for His Word. Because really, without without those two things, we would be 
unsuccessful for sure. So thank you guys so much um, for sharing session two of Train Your Mouth for Marriage. Stay tuned for session three um, and we'll be back.